the, the strategies and the tactics that our presenters are going to be talking about today transcend even just our business, but really sort of apply to life. Uh, and so I couldn't be more excited for that. And as I, uh, as right before we begin, I want just to share with all of you that we're going to be continuing these calls throughout the summer. Um, and I think we've gotten great feedback on these. So we're going to continue to program different speakers and different topics. And so if anyone has any ideas or people or things they would love to see us cover, please email me directly. And I'd be happy to try to find a way to make that happen. But we couldn't be more excited for today. Uh, I want to introduce Steve Scholl and, and Christopher Voss, who are going to be speaking with us today. Steve Scholl um, is a not only uh, one of the top real estate coaches in the country, um, and a, he's also a great friend of Compass and a good friend of mine. Um, and he's someone who I think you know, of the thousands of people I've met in this industry over the last number of years, from agents, managers, brokerage owners, you know, all different types of people, I think he understands what it takes to be a successful agent better than almost anyone. Um, and he's someone who, you know, not only has shared that with many of our agents sort of at, at the national level, he also coaches some of our most successful agents in the company. Um, and so I'm very excited to, to welcome Steve uh, and have him lead this amazing discussion with uh, his friend, uh, Chris Voss, who is uh, the former lead FBI hostage negotiator uh, and the author of the amazing book, Never Split the Difference. Uh, he, you probably also see him pop up on your Instagram feed every now and then uh, as a masterclass contributor. Um, and he is someone who has amazing insights into the power of conversation and communication and how we can apply that to our business and the strategies that Steve and Chris have worked to develop, I think can be some of the most effective tools that agents can use to grow their business, manage clients, and ultimately get to the outcomes they want. Um, and so I couldn't be more excited to have them. I'm actually not gonna be doing much on this call. I'm actually gonna let Steve run with it uh, and Chris do his thing as well. And so I'm gonna jump off as, and actually participate as a, a spectator for this one, which I'm excited about. Uh, but thank you both so much for being here and Steve, take it away. Rory, thank you. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everyone who's listening around the country. Uh, the timing of this call is perfect as we, we head into the halfway point of the year. And obviously, it's been a, a very, very interesting year, to say the least. And I would encourage all of you to, to take this weekend to really think about what you want to do in the second half of the year, given everything that's happened in the first half of the year. And hopefully today we're going to present you with a, a very different way of thinking that can help you progress at a very high level as you move forward. Before we begin, I, uh, Rory mentioned some things. I want to give you a quick intro for those that don't know me, both myself and, and Chris, and then we'll, we'll launch into the call. First, I've been coaching real estate agents for 27 years. And uh, I believe I've coached more agents than any other human being on planet Earth. And I've coached the best of the best over this period of time. In my first year in real estate, which was back in 1991, I closed 53 transactions. In my second year, I was on track to close 100 deals when I came up with the idea of creating 
a coaching program for real estate agents. And this is what I've been doing ever since. I actually owned a real estate company for five years. Prior to real estate, I worked on Wall Street. Prior to that, I played four years in the NFL as a linebacker for the Miami Dolphins and was a tri-captain in Super Bowl 17. Chris, my partner, has had a 24-year career in the FBI. At one point, he was the leading FBI international hostage negotiator. He's wor he worked on many high-profile high kidnappings. He's taught negotiation courses in many of the top business schools around the country, including USC, Georgetown, Harvard, Northwestern, to name a few. He's written the best-selling book, and hopefully you've read it, Never Split the Difference. And he's the founder and CEO of the Black Swan Group, which provides high-level consulting and negotiating strategies to businesses and companies around the world. Chris and I met four years ago after I read the book, Never Split the Difference. And the moment I read it, I reached out to Chris. The book caused me to make an immediate and 180 degree shift in my coaching practice. The lightning bolt moment was realizing when I read this book, it hit me that you cannot overcome emotion with fact, logic, and reason. And this book introduced me to the concepts of emotional intelligence and tactical empathy. And for the past four years, Chris and I have spent countless hours working together and helping agents apply these principles in a way that increases income and at the same time reduces stress and saves agents an enormous amount of time and energy. And today we want to present, we want to highlight three of the main points of this methodology to give you an idea of how different this approach is. Most agents are in the paradigm of hoping, praying, waiting, convincing, and chasing. Today we're going to present something very different to you. And I can tell you firsthand that the work we're doing with agents is absolutely paying off. Chris, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, a couple of things, Steve. Thanks. All right, here's here's what we got to do for you guys today. Here's what you need. You need somebody who can show you how you make more money with less stress and less time. Now that sounds like nonsense. You're gonna there are gonna be a couple of things we're gonna run by you. You you're gonna say to yourself, these guys are smoking something crazy. That guy left the FBI, and since he left the FBI, he went and thought up all this nonsense. And he's allowed to smoke now that he's no longer in the government. And he just did this late at night. And maybe, maybe Steve, you know, maybe he got his bell rang too, one time too many uh, playing football. But here, here's the thing. The light bulb was not created from the continuous improvement of the candle. There's going to be some stuff here that's going to be quantum leap forward that you're going to say sounds crazy. But we're going to give you the results of what happens when people apply this. Now, here's one more thing before I hand it back to Steve. Here's what you're faced with. And this is not because Chris Voss is saying it, and this is not because Steve Scholl is saying it, and this is not because Compass is saying it. 
tomorrow you got one of three choices and one of three choices only. You can be as good as you are now. You could be worse or you could be better. That's the dynamic of life. Those three things are coming at you when you get up in the morning. You can be as good as you are now. You're going to be worse. You're going to be better. Two out of those three things require effort. Your soft skills, your communication skills, your negotiation skills are perishable skills. It ain't me saying this. If you don't work on them tomorrow, you're going to be worse. That's coming at you tomorrow. If we don't make you better and you don't find a way to help yourself get better with or without us tomorrow, we failed you because you're going to be worse. We want you to be better. We want you to live in a bigger house, provide a better future for your kids and for yourself. So with that, we're going to talk you through it. But understand our agenda here is to make sure that you get better. We're going to give you as much as we possibly can in a short period of time. All right, Steve, back to you. All right. Every month I do a call with Chris. And all of you will be welcome to join this process. And every month what we do is we pick a specific aspect or topic under the heading of emotional intelligence and tactical empathy. And emotional intelligence is uh, applying intelligence to emotion. Tactical empathy is the idea of focusing on the other person's perspective. And again, we're going we're gonna to touch on three different topics today. The first goes directly at your pocketbook. And that is, I am a full service, full fee agent. My fee is 6%. Hey, Steve, I want to jump in for a second if I can. Sure. I know you're on a roll. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys are a bargain. You're worth more than 6%. In business, what's a finder's fee? A finder's fee is 10%. And somebody that provides a finder's fee for a transaction, they don't do half the work that you guys work do. At 6%, you're a bargain. There is no reason for you ever to lower your fee. We're going to show you how to protect that. But understand where I'm coming from here right now. Good real estate agents are an insane bargain. You are worth your weight in gold. And that's why we're starting off how to make sure that you're a full fee agent. All right, Steve, back to you. And most agents, including most of you, are programmed with the belief that somehow if you charge a full fee, that that is going to cost you business. And most agents who have this programming have never even asked for 6% on a listing appointment. Right now I'm doing a 12 week, we're just wrapping up a 12 week real estate training camp and over 300 agents in Compass have gone through this. And two weeks ago in, in week 10, the focus was commission. And I just wanna share something. I got at least 10 calls from that week of agents who went out and asked for 6%. First time ever. And when I when we have agents ask for 6%, in many markets, it's getting six and keeping three and a half. And during that week, I got, I got an amazing call from someone I've worked with for a really long period of time. And this is an agent. This agent and their partner do over $100 million a year in production. And the phone call I got two weeks ago was, 
Steve, for the first time in my 15-year career, I got 6%. It was the first time I ever asked for 6%. And again, I had at least 10 calls of people getting 6% for the first time, many of them keeping three and a half. Chris, what is the key? Most of these agents have been conditioned to believe that 5% is the safe way to go. If they're going to ask for six, they're going to be, they're going to put themselves at risk and they subscribe to the thought something is better than nothing. How do you address that? Here's part of how you become worth the full fee from the very beginning. When you're in the initial con, uh, conversation with the customer, not just your subconscious, they're testing your ability to negotiate on, your, on their behalf. How are you going to stand up for them if you can't stand up for yourself? So the first thing you got to do to reassure them that you are their champion is to be able to gently and firmly ask for a full price and stick to it. You're going to do it in an emotionally intelligent, gentle way. We're going to show you how to do that. And in many cases, it's principally with your tone of voice. But this is an audition. Make no mistake. The reason why you're worth your weight in gold is to be able to navigate the process, to be their champion, and stand up for them. If you can't stand up for yourself full price, then at least on an unconscious level, they have begun to lose faith in you from the very beginning because you're not going to be able to stand up for them. So we need you. You need you to stand up for yourself gently and firmly and fearlessly because it's an audition on your ability as a negotiator. And it's important to understand getting 6% is not about explaining why you're worth 6%. One of the things that you said on a call a couple months ago that has just resonated over and over again, the person who is explaining is losing. So 6% is not about making a case and laying it out, again, with fact, logic, and reason. 6% is what? Getting a full fee. How does someone mentally get themselves ready for that? All right. So first of all, you envision yourself saying, I'm a full service, full fee agent. Now, whatever imagining of the interaction that you go through in advance is in fact preparation and you don't rise to the occasion you fall to your highest level of preparation so you need to do some mental reps envisioning yourself looking at a client with confidence and saying right off the bat i'm a full service full fee agent and saying it just like that downward inflection which is the way the great newscasters broadcast the news, the downward inflection is confidence and authority and means you can take what I say to the bank. Because with every word that you say to them and the way that you say it, you want the unspoken message to be, I'm solid, I'm fearless, I'm deferential, I get along with people, and you can take what I say to the bank. And that's how you begin to lay the groundwork for easily getting a full fee. And 
again, how do you set one of the things that we talk about? Let's back up for some. One of the things that we talk about, and again, this is very different. Agents have been trained to leave the commission discussion to last. And they leave it to last for, for one big reason. They hope it doesn't come up at all. And they hope they can avoid the idea of even having to discuss commission. One of the things that we're coaching agents to do, it's under the heading of get the elephants out early, is right up front, bring up the issue. I, we have a potential sticking point that I want to put out on the table right now. Client goes, what's that? My fee. Okay, what about your fee? I'm a full service, full fee agent. My fee is 6%. I keep three and a half and I pay the selling agent two and a half. And then silence. Let them process and respond. Speak to the idea of addressing commission up front versus waiting till the end of the conversation. Well, there's an underlying theme in, it, in everything that we teach. And one of those is the elephant in the room. Look, you don't deal with the elephant in the room by ignoring it. You don't deal with the elephant in the room by denying it. You're most effectively dealing with the elephant in the room by discussing it and discussing it up front. The first elephant in the room is commission. You want to show that you're a fearless negotiator, calm and fearless negotiator. You want to be able to say things very matter-of-factly. If the first elephant in the room is full fee commission, then you say, hey, look, there's an elephant in the room. Yeah, and I can deal with the elephant in the room. I got no problem with it. You start out by simply observing, I'm a full service, full fee agent. Now you imagine a couple of opportunities to challenge because if you're gonna be their champion, they may wanna test you on that a little bit because they wanna see how you stand up for them. You're gonna stand up the same way for yourself. So this is all about doing this in a calm and confident way and showing people that you will be their ambassador. So yes, discuss it up front. If you leave it to the end, you're leaving it to when you're the most afraid. You're telegraphing fear from the very beginning. How are you gonna negotiate on their behalf if you're a fear-based negotiator? That's a bad message to be sending your client. Now, many of the agents are probably thinking right now, well, how are they gonna pay me a full fee when I haven't shown them everything that I do when I haven't presented on my value? How can I discuss commission before we've gotten into the meat of the presentation, which we no longer give, by the way, that's a different topic. Chris? Well, you know, there's some interesting counterintuitive things here that are going to scare people. First of all, it's not a sin to not get the deal. It's not a sin to not get the client. It's a sin to take a long time to not get the client. Another thing that we're finding out consistently with the people that we're coaching together is it takes as much time to lose a client and not get a deal as it takes to successfully service two other clients that you do get and that you do get the deal. Start to think about the return on investment on your time. So you want to begin right up front to have an idea of what are the percentages of landing this client. And the first thing is, do you want a client that's difficult to deal with? A friend of mine, Joe Polish, has a phrase called half. You don't want to deal with half people. Those are hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. You want to deal with elf people, easy, lucrative, and fun. 
So this is as much of an audition for them as it is for you. And we are here to tell you that there are more than enough people out there that want to work with you, want you to be their champion, want to pay you full fee. And there are a lot of other agents that are going to fail with these people. Let the other agents fail with them. Focus your time on people that are a good match for you. And if they want to pay somebody what they're worth, to start with, they're a good match for you. So again, what's, what's very different about this is, A, we're going to believe that we're worth it. B, we're going to address it right up front. We're going to change our programming from my fee, you know, charging 6% cost me business to charging 6% brings me business because it's an actual demonstration of my value. So we're going to change our paradigm. We're going to address it up front rather than wait till the end. We're not going to explain why we're worth more because if we're explaining we're losing, any other points that you want to make around the commission discussion? Yeah, and, and thanks because I realized I didn't exactly answer your question before. You know, you guys have worked hard on those presentations. You got a whole presentation. You got a whole marketing plan. You've worked really hard on it. You want to lay that baby out. That's not really where your value is. Your presentation, your assessment of the market, your marketing plan is not that different than anybody else's. As soon as you start launching into that presentation, you now look like everybody else. You now make yourself a commodity. Your value is your ability to navigate the process, the difficult aspects of this. And that is really where a great agent's value is. How do you walk them through one of the most stressful times of their entire life without pretending like it's all going to be sunshine and roses? Because you guys, if you've been exposed to the industry for more than five minutes, let alone if you've been in it for more than five minutes, you know that this journey's a rocky one. You also know that this is one of the five most stressful events in people's lives. The buying and selling of the home, regardless of their experience, is a high-stress environment. Your marketing plan is not what navigates this stress environment for them. Your approach to them, your emotional intelligence is what navigates it for them. One of the people that we've talked to about this recently when we were laying out the game plan for how we coach people, we're working on a book about real estate negotiations. We're working with a writer and we're explaining to her about how we're coaching agents. You know what she says to us? You know, I've been on a real estate agent's mailing list. How long did she say? Eight years? Eight years. Eight years. She's been on this agent's mailing list for eight years. In that eight years, she has been involved in three real estate transactions, buying and selling of her home. None of them with the same agent. And not one of those transactions with the agent who's got her on her mailing list. So that agent, I got no idea if she's completely oblivious to the fact that this woman that she's sending weekly, monthly updates to has closed three transactions, not involving her in a single one. But there's an issue here of time that's being wasted by the agent that has continued to try to nurture this lead. If she hasn't gone with her in three transactions, She's not going to. Our job is to help you understand how to stop wasting time on someone who's never going to close a deal with you. 
So that's a good segue into the next point I wanted to touch on today. Agents are always faced with the dilemma of wanting to tell the truth, especially let's talk about listings and price or with a buyer what it takes to buy a property, either way. However, the dilemma is if I tell the truth, in some way I'll be penalized because someone's going to tell them something else. And one of the core principles that we teach is be a straight shooter, that people want to hear the truth. However, they want the truth delivered gently. They don't want to be hit with a brick in the face. And so speak to the idea of being a straight shooter and how you can tell the truth in a way that people can actually hear it and process it. All right, so first of all, it comes from tone of voice, as silly as it sounds. Tone of voice, if you got a gentle tone of voice, that's going to go a long way. Downward inflecting tone of voice, that's the tone of voice that hostage negotiators use. How do I get on a phone with a bank robber and 90 seconds into the conversation, and this happened to me in a, in a bank robbery with hostages, the bank robber said to me, I trust you. Well, I got that late night FM DJ calming voice. My ability to deliver bad news starts with my ability to use the late night FM DJ voice, the calming, soothing voice of confidence, and I'm not going to get rattled. And that's really the default voice for real estate agents, the calming, soothing voice, because not only is this one of the five most stressful events in your buyer's or your seller's lives, the agent on the other side you know is panicked. Pretty good chance the agent on the other side is desperate for this commission. They're living commission to commission, or how long has it been since they closed the deal? You need the late-night FM DJ voice to calm them down. The other crazy thing about the late-night FM DJ voice, that calming, soothing voice, it calms you down. It helps you keep yourself together through the course of this process. Now, the second phase of this and having these tough conversations, if you got bad news to deliver to the other side, you don't call them on a the phone to anybody. You don't call them on a the phone and say, hey, how are you today? Which most people do. You start out by saying, like, I've got bad news. I'm sorry. I'm afraid I've got bad news. Human beings are ridiculously resilient if you give them the slightest amount of warning that bad news is coming. Now, you don't want to wait 10 minutes before you deliver the bad news. But we tell people over and over again, you got bad news, call somebody up on the phone, call your client, call your counterpart, whoever it is. Say, Start out by saying, I've got bad news. And then deliver the news. If you wait about a second from saying, I've got bad news, and sometimes we coach people to say, this is going to break your heart. Let them brace themselves. Let their emotional system kick in, and I guarantee you that whatever your bad news is, it's going to be a relief from what they imagine in that split second, which then leaves your, your client, your customer, your counterpart with a feeling of relief in regards to you, which they will remember. The last impression is the lasting impression, always leaving your people, your customers, your clients, your counterparts 
with a feeling of relief and gratitude is the magic to referrals and navigating the entire process in an emotionally intelligent way. All right, Steve. So I really want to dive into this because in many ways, real estate agents are being paid to have really hard conversations. And what most agents try and do when, when, when there's bad news or a hard conversation at hand, they're trying to put a positive spin on it or they're trying to work around it in some way or they just avoid the conversation altogether and hope it goes away. And this, this language of, I've got some really bad news. You're not going to want to hear this. Again, go into the psychology of where that sends that person so that when the news is actually delivered, like you just said, it's actually a relief. It's not nearly as bad as it could be. Well, we've got two things working for us in this dynamic. First of all, you give it's probably three things. First of all, you give people a chance to brace themselves. Secondly, although we haven't mentioned it now, our job besides making sure you get full fee is to increase your referrals, increase your referral rates. Everybody knows the data out there. And the data is that 80% of buyers and sellers say they're going to refer their agent and only 20% do. Now, what's going on there? Well, here's what's going on. People don't like getting caught off guard by bad news and they don't like getting bad news without being prepared for it. So when you have bad news and you start out with saying, look, I got bad news. You're not going to want to hear this. You now give them the opportunity to brace themselves. And so they're not caught off guard. That's one of the ways that you become a straight shooter. You're not hiding the truth. You're telling the truth in an emotionally intelligent way. And that begins to initially impact, immediately impact, what's going to happen with your referral on the other end. Or you could be the agent that's keeping somebody on their mailing list for eight years and doesn't get involved in a single transaction with that person. This is how you begin to shave the odds in your favor. Don't let people get caught off guard by bad news. Let them hear it in an emotionally intelligent way. Let them brace themselves. Give it to them. The emotional system kicks in in a negative way, always imagining something worse than what you have to say. When you deliver the bad news, they're at a minimum braced for it. More than likely, it's actually going to be a relief. And the relief is what they're going to remember. So many of you out there right now probably need to get a price reduction based on whatever's going on in your marketplace with your listings that aren't selling. So rather than calling someone up and saying, hi, how are you doing? You're going to call them up and say, I've got an update. And the news is not good. And you pause. You're really not going to want to hear this. Pause again. We've got to lower the price to X and then be silent. 
talk to the agents about how the mine works and why you're doing it in that way rather than jumping in and filling in the gaps and trying to explain things away. Now, Steve, how many people are sitting out there right now saying to themselves, these guys were out drinking late one night and they just thought this nonsense up? Either that or everyone. everyone. Uh, these guys there in Southern California, you know, uh, marijuana has been decriminalized. You know, they could buy at a local store. These guys are smoking something. Well, in point of fact, here's what's going on with the brain. This is a neuroscience that we found out. People are wired to be negative to start with. Survival mechanism in normal functioning, your survival mechanism is 75% negative. You're going to think negative thoughts in normal functioning. Now you add in people who are in one of the five most stressful events of their life. These are difficult conversations. These are tough conversations. How do you begin to deal with it? Again, late night, FM, DJ, voice of confidence. It gives you the ability to deliver bad news. Their emotional wiring that's intertwined in every thought is 75% negative. So you give them just a moment to brace themselves. I get bad news. You're not going to want to hear this. And then you let them have it. I first learned this the hard way in a kidnapping where two out of three of my remaining hostages were killed in a botched rescue attempt. The negotiator that was in country at the time called me on the phone. And he said, I've got bad news. Martin is dead. And I look back on a way that I braced myself for that. He delivered the worst possible news, and I was braced and ready. I spent the rest of the day making a phone call with that exact scripting. If that works on delivering bad news when somebody's gotten killed, I'm here to tell you, it will work for you. We are here to tell you it will work for you in an environment where people's hopes and dreams for the future are on the line. This is a difficult conversation. You have to be able to have this conversation. Or what are your alternatives? You don't reduce the price. A house doesn't sell. You get fired. They change agents. And all of the time that you put in not getting that deal is wasted time. All right. Let's go to another big topic. And in many ways, this is an organizing principle that permeates everything that we're teaching and coaching right now. And this is something, unless you've been introduced to Chris, Unless you've been part of my coaching, this is not anything that anyone has ever thought about. It's not anything that anyone has ever taught you, and yet it's present 100% of the time. And this is the concept of the favorite or the fool. Most agents, when they get a call from a potential seller saying, I want you to come out and speak to us about listing our home for sale. Most agents are elated at that phone call and they, they want to jump all over that phone call. And when they go on that appointment, whether it's via zoom now or whether you're doing it 
in person, however you're doing it. They go out with the idea that the, the, the prospective client has an open mind and they have a shot at getting that business. You have taught us that things are very different, that there's no such thing as an open mind. And in fact, the client's mind is probably already made up or at least 50% of the way made up before the person goes out on that appointment. Speak to that concept, the favorite or the fool. Yeah, you guys know the phrase, you know, if you don't know who the fool in the game is, who is it? Probably you. So how do we begin to, you know, how come these guys, again, aren't smoking something? After you get off this call, go look up human decision making. And you'll find out that when anybody engages in any kind of a buying process or negotiation process, they start to gather data. You're the vendor of this product. You're the vendor of the service. Do they go to you first when they're still trying to figure out what to do? No. When you're, look, when you're trying to decide to buy something, to acquire a service, to do anything, and it doesn't matter if it's business to business or business to consumer, because this is all the same. These, this is human nature thinking. You start gathering data. And so by the time you talk to the vendor, your mind is at least 50% of the way made up. And that made up. That's, that's what the data shows us. It's actually closer to 80% made up or completely decided before they engage in a call. They're looking to you as the competing bid. They're looking to find out what you do to make sure that their favorite does it. They're going to pump you for information. Again, you don't got to take our word for it. Go start looking up human decision-making as people are gathering information and narrowing their choices and narrowing their mind. Now, they don't mean to be malicious. They're not doing this maliciously. They're not intentionally playing you for the fool. But this is the way human beings make up their minds. And this is the reason why one of the agents that, that we have coached, that Steve has coached, done most of the work on, but I've been involved with as well. When she adopted the favorite of the fool approach over the last year, she's gone out on 80% fewer listing presentations. She's working 20% as hard, 20% the same amount of time as before, and making the same amount of money. Working 20% as hard, making the same amount of money. Now, this is, someone, this is someone doing a hundred million a year in sales. This is, this is a top performer. And she got there the old way. She got there saying like, look guys, I don't know where you guys are from, but I got to a hundred million dollars in sales going out on every opportunity, putting in the legwork, you know, burning up the shoe leather, burning up the hours. That's how I got to a hundred million dollars. And what we said to her just bothered her enough based on her experience. And then we began talking about what were the criteria of clients that she landed versus clients that she never landed. And we, she began to discover the patterns of what made her the favorite and what wasn't. And now she's applying it actively. And imagine getting 80% of your life back and making the same amount of money. Imagine what that does in your quality of life 
and your hourly rate and what you're actually worth. So this is a critical and it's probably the single most frightening concept that we coach people on. And it is how they begin to transform their lives and living in a less stress environment instead of worrying day to day where the commission's coming from. So let's scare everyone even more. What we are saying right now is we are coaching our agents to not go on listing appointments unless they determine up front that they are the favorite. You know, talk about sheer lunacy. How can we do that and, and still look at ourselves in the mirror every day? Well, the reality, you know, it's not you creating this environment. This is the reality of what the environment is. You are wasting someone's time. More importantly, you're wasting your time to go out on a deal that you're never going to get. You are giving away your intellectual property for free. I recently interviewed three vendors of a service, knowing in advance who I wanted. Who I wanted was determined by the advice from my trusted advisor. He said, look, I got... I got two to recommend to you guys. One I think you should go with. Another one I think you should talk to just for contrast, just to know what somebody that you're not going to go with looks like. We're involved with the conversation with the third vendor. I'm sitting there listening. I teach favor to the fool, and here I am playing this guy for the fool. I think of myself as an open-minded person, and I remember listening, and we talked to this guy on the phone for over an hour. And the whole time I kept asking myself, am I playing this guy for the fool? No, I would never do that. Is this guy ever going to get our business? Well, no, he's not recommended by our trusted advisor. No, he doesn't fit the profile of what we're looking for. Well, why are you talking to him? Well, I guess I'm hoping he says something important so that I can make sure the favorite does it. He did. And we took that information back to our favorite and said, hey, look, we want you to do this also. I'm not a bad person, according to me, but this is human nature. And the recognition of this dynamic is critical for the success of you as a professional and for your ability to give your family a better life. This exists. We teach you how to recognize it and how to cope with it. So what we're coaching people to do is rather than going out on the appointment and trying to win the business based on a presentation, what we're saying is recognize that the prospective client, their mind is already made up or at least 50% made up. And what you're trying to determine, are you the favorite or are you the fool? And there's, there's five specific criteria that you can tap into deter, to determine this. So when someone calls you and says, we'd like you to come out and talk to us about selling your home, you're going to say, would you be opposed to having a 15 to 20 minute conversation by phone or Zoom first? You know, is now a bad time? And assuming they say, yes, let, let's talk now. The first thing you're going to figure out is, are they calling you or are they calling agents? Are they specifically calling you or are, they, you, just, are you just randomly being called because you're a real estate agent? 
And one of the concepts that you teach, Chris, is proof of life. Is there a deal here? And is there a deal here with me? So speak to the idea up front of saying, why me? Why did you call me? Why is that important in terms of this concept of favorite or fool? Well, and you touch on one of our magic words. Ladies and gentlemen, we could go into great depth on you being careful with the word why, but the only time you should ever ask anybody why is when it triggers them to defend you. You know, with all the, there are a lot of real estate agents out here. There are a lot of people that are really talented. Why me? Now, that's an emotionally calculated prod. Because why always makes people defensive? Always. And the only time you want to use the word why is when it triggers them to defend you. Now, this is a test that hasn't failed us yet, but we've got a number of backup ways to confirm it. Here's what's going to happen. They'll tell you right away. If they tell you right away with their mind, 50% of them made up, made up already at least, they're already envisioning doing business with you. You are getting solid data back right away that you are the favorite. Things are starting to look good. If they can tell you, there's going to be two other responses. One is to put it back on you. Well, why wouldn't I? Or, of course, that's up to you to tell me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to tell you right now that they just told you that going into this conversation, they had no vision whatsoever of doing business with you. You have now begun to fall into the category of the fool, the competing bid, the person they're never going to go with. If they can't answer it or if they put it back on you, that's bad news. Now, what you do with this as you move forward is position yourself as best as possible to pick them up after the other agent fails them. But you've just been given some really solid data on whether or not you're the favorite of the fool by using the word why. And this is the only time you should ever ask anybody why. Using the word why up front to see if you can trigger them defending you. And you are very definitive about this. Agents always need to ask why me and what they're looking for. Is there a specific reason why they're calling you? And then rather than asking, are you interviewing other agents? You would label it and say, you're probably interviewing other agents. Who are you interviewing? And why are you interviewing them? You're very definitive. You want to know whether or not they're interviewing other people. You want to know who they are and why Why would they be talking to them? Speak to that. Yeah, and then let, let's do a little adjustment. When you're asking about why they're talking to other agents, change your why to a what. The other times when you you're, you want to ask why, just simply change it to what and say, all right, so what's? What, I know you have a good reason for interviewing other agents. What? What is that reason? You want to encourage them to talk to you. Now, you are gathering legitimate information here. You're beginning to show them from the very beginning that you're a calm professional because if you are the favorite in the game, there's no reason for you to cut your commission. If you're the f in the game, there's no reason for you to cut the, your commission. 
So you're beginning to position yourself to have the full fee, full service agent conversation by showing, demonstrating to them from the very beginning what full service looks like. And what full service looks like is you're asking questions in a polite and deferential manner to understand everything that's going on so that neither you nor them are caught off guard by anything in a process that you should have anticipated. So from the very beginning, you're demonstrating to them what a full fee, full service agent looks like. So are they calling you or are they calling a random agent? Second, do you fit the profile of what they're looking for? The best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. Exploring the idea of how they've made these decisions in the past. What's important about that? Yeah, you know, this uh, is one of the five most stressful events in their entire life. If they've made this decision in the past, they're not going to make it differently this time. They're going to go based on what happened last time around and what that taught them. Did they pick an agent if they went through this before based on a recommendation of their trusted advisor? If this is their first time through, what are they likely going to do on one of the five most important transactions of their entire life? Go with the recommendation of a trusted advisor. Who is that trusted advisor? Are you on that trusted advisor's recommend list? I'm here to tell you if they're making one of the five most important decisions of their entire life for the first time, to think that there aren't going to be trusted advisors having the dominating say on who they pick, that's just not a full appreciation of how human decision-making is made. They're not out picking you know, a pizza off a menu. This is one of the five most important decisions of their life. How are they going to proceed through this decision-making process? You need to know that. And Steve, we got to keep an eye on the clock here too, because in about two minutes, we're going to have to make sure that we let people know what we, what they're supposed to do after this. Okay. So are they calling you or are they calling random agent? Do you fit the profile? The other three criteria, which we get into in our monthly calls, A, are you making an emotional connection? B, is the conversation collaborative, meaning is it a two-way conversation? And three, are they willing to make some type of commitment up front, whether it's having you go last and you do want to be last? That puts the odds in your favor. Or will they meet you in the office rather than their house? Or will they make the ultimate commitment that they're going to agree to do business with you before you come out and give your presentation? So what we're saying to all of you, there is a real methodology for determining up front whether you're the favorite or the fool. And again, this is an organizing principle. You have to ask yourself as an agent, do you make a distinction between high probability opportunity and low probability opportunity? We're teaching agents to focus on high probability opportunity. What's important about that, in the end, when you're the favorite, they're going to pay you 6%. They're going to pay you your full fee. It's going to be less stressful because the conversation is going to be collaborative. And it's going to save you an enormous amount of time because you're no longer chasing after business. You're never going to get. Going back to something Chris said earlier, 
It's not a sin to lose business. It's a sin to take a long time to lose business. And many of you are guilty of that. You're taking a long time to lose business. So Chris, final thoughts in terms of how people can take this to the next level. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about how we created this program. But ladies and gentlemen, we live in a Las Vegas world. Now, a bunch of you on on the call right now are saying, like, I didn't do any of that stuff and I'm making a living. You can't tell me that I can't close deals and close clients the way I'm doing things now. Well, look, there are different tables in Vegas at the casinos. We got a table that we want to take you to where you win 70% of the time, where you win 80% of the time. We're here to tell you, you've been playing at the table where you've been winning 20% of the time. You can stay at the 20% table and you will occasionally win. We want to walk you over to the 80% table. We want to increase the percentage of times that you close business so that you no longer walk away from deals you should have made or you, worse yet, you get bogged down for excruciatingly long periods of time on something that's never going to work out. Steve and I have been working on this together. We we three Four years. Four years we've been hammering away on this. He had brought me in initially. We started collaborating. We've been talking to agents for four years. We have done a number of training programs where we've done two-day in-person events several times. He records all the phone calls. There are videos of all the phone calls. You get a video. You get a transcript. We go over these and have been going over these conversations for the last four years in every detail we possibly can to shave the odds every way we possibly can in your favor. I'm, I'm the total number of hours that we've got that we put in to building this coaching practice to this point in time, Steve. How many hours do you think we got total in, in these four years? Uh, what a lot. What I know is I've got 60,000 hours of coaching in, in my career. You have something similar in, in yours and together for the last four years, it's been nonstop. And we're telling you about the people's lives. We're making a difference in the favorite of the fool is among the game changing things. It's a simple concept. We can coach you up into it. Your biggest obstacle is going to be your fear to do it. Your biggest obstacle to being a full fee commission is asking for it, how to ask for it in an emotionally intelligent way. Your biggest obstacle to getting more time back in your life is simply making adjustments in ways that are different from what you've gone through up to now. The light bulb was not invented from the continuous improvement of the candle. There's going to be some very, there are some very different things that we've shared with you now. It's going to bring a lot more light into your life. So if any of this resonated today, would it be crazy to think that you'd like to continue in this process? Again, Chris and I do a monthly call. It's a one hour call, typically the first Tuesday of every month at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. The one-hour call is recorded, so you can be on it live, get the recording, get the written transcript. The cost is $9.99 for a year's worth of calls. 
There's a special bonus attached to that. Anyone who's interested, just email me, steve at performancecoaching.com, and just put Chris in the subject line. Again, if you want to participate or get more information, steve at performancecoaching.com, and just put Chris in the subject line. Rory, thank you. And, and here's the last piece, Rory. I'm going to jump in one more time. You guys don't have to go with us. You don't. But tomorrow you're faced with the same problem. You're either going to be even, you're going to be worse, or you're going to be better. That's not me making that up. Those are your three choices when you get up in the morning. Two out of three of those choices require some effort. We wish you the best. Wow. Steve and Chris, thank you both so much. I've been getting texts throughout the hour from people saying how amazing this was and uh, and inspiring and impactful. So I can't thank you both enough for, for taking the time to share the, 